Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Miracatani with another episode of Matt Chat. Today I am joined by former Olympic team member, for, former world medalist, and current head coach of the Ohio RTC, Travel Delagnev. Coach, thanks so much for being on the show with me today. Thanks for having me. So I know you just got back from the world championships, and uh, we're definitely going to talk about that, but I uh, just kind of want to dig into a few things with you. Um, yeah, I did some research and I saw that you came over here from Bulgaria at age four. Uh, you know, tell me about that. How, how, why did your family come? How'd you end up in Texas? And, you know, how easy or difficult was the transition, uh, you know, coming over at that age? Um, well, yeah, so my family, you know, around 1990, uh, this kind of the Soviet regime, you know, that whole block of communism was kind of breaking down. And so, that was going to be a pretty distinct shift in classes, and my family was, you know, obviously going to get the, you know, the, the just the, the economy wasn't set up for, you know, a democracy. It was set up for, you know, communism. And right. so um, there's just going to be a huge class shift, and my family was going to be, you know, impoverished. And so, you know, we were one of the lucky ones that were able to get green cards and come over. Um, we spent a year in a refugee camp in Austria, and then we were able to come over, and my dad, right away joined the American uh, army. And okay. so we initially we moved to San Diego and then we kind of got moved to El Paso because uh, we went to the different, you know, we got shifted forts and then, um, and then he finished with his time in the army there. And then uh, my mom found a job in Arlington. So that's when we moved to Arlington. Um, so that was kind of the, the, you know, the mini roadmap, but as far as me, I mean, it was pretty easy for me, you know, kids learn languages pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't have time to establish any culture of my own, you know, so it was, it was tougher for my parents than it was for me. Yeah, because they already obviously had a certain way of thinking about life and living, and like you're saying, it was almost a fresh slate for you. So, um, exactly. Yeah. So, um, it, I was, you know, I was doing some research and I saw that you originally got into wrestling to lose weight, I read. <laughs> Is that true? And and if so, how did that happen? What age did you get started? You know, all yeah, things. yeah, that's that that is true. I um well because I was a bigger kid, and um you know in Texas, if you're a big kid, you play football. But you know one of the things about you know being raised in a Bulgarian household is you know fo- American football. You know my parents didn't understand it, right? And so it was kind of a it was kind of a joke in our house. You know, like that's not a sport. You know. <laughs> And so, so I never, you know, that wasn't even an option for me. Like, you know, so it was kind of like, you know, mocked in my house cold. So I just didn't do anything. You know, I tried out for the seventh grade basketball team. I didn't make the team. Um, and, you know, I just, I had never trained for anything. So I, I, um, I, I went, you know, I was kind of pudgy, but I, I was pretty, I was pretty talented, you know, in PE, I would always pick up things pretty quick, but I just never had put my energy into trying to get good at anything in particular. And so I just remember us, it was sophomore year of high school. I would watch the wrestlers like, you know, running and training hard. And I just remember I was like, I want to like lose weight. I want to get fit. I want to like, you know, the big, you know, what kids think, you know, I want to get popular. I want to, yeah, like, right. I want to, yeah. I want to be cool. And, you know, I want to have like a six pack, whatever. So, um, <laughs> you want to fit so in at like, that age. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You want to fit in. So, so, you're, so that's what I was, I was like, well, this will be a good avenue for me to, you know, this will keep me. And this will give me a good accountability to like stick to my training, stick to my diet, stick to my workouts. And so, um, that initial year, my sophomore year, I didn't compete at all because I was failing classes because I really didn't, 
I really didn't care about wrestling as much as, as just the training. So like I, I didn't skip a practice. I went to every practice. I was every, every lift. I was at every run, but I still wasn't motivated to like be a wrestler. Um, and then that summer, my coach kind of drug me around to some tournaments. And that's when I really started to really like the sport. It's, it's really interesting because I think most of us think about going through the training and the whole goal of training, especially at that age, is, okay, if I'm going to put up with all this hard work and all this pain is to win. And it sounds like, you know, you weren't into the sport for winning. You were into the sport, like you said, for to fit in, popularity. And that's that's a tough motivation, like you said, to never skip a lift or a, or a training session. And and I, I know you said you were athletic, but I would imagine not knowing any of the rules or how the sport works in the beginning, you were probably getting beat up on a little bit, I would think. So Yeah, I mean, definitely – you know, in the varsity room. I mean, I pretty much, I took to it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and I still, I like the technical aspect of it. So I was still trying to learn the moves and stuff. Right. But I just mean, I wasn't super, you know, like I was still, I had fail a grade every six weeks. You know, I just wasn't motivated in school. And so um, I just, it was kind of that no pass, no play. So it wasn't that I didn't want to come. It was just, I wasn't just that, it wasn't that important to me. But like in the practice room, you know, stress-free, it was fun to kind of diagnose the technique and, you know, I, I kind of rose to the top of the JV ladder pretty quickly, but yeah, the varsity guys put it on me pretty good that first year. Yeah, we all we all pay our dues, no matter how good you are when you start. It's a, it's a humbling sport at the beginning for sure. So, um, I saw that you were fourth and third at the Texas State tournament, which now telling telling me what you did, that's really a significant accomplishment considering you didn't pick it up till the tenth grade. But it's certainly not the typical career of someone who went on to the accomplishments that you did so you know what do you think that you learned in high school that really helped prepare you for college um the biggest thing you know i mean the biggest thing i learned was just how to you know how to how to value learning how to value technique how to value you know just understanding i think that you know i always had I think that's, you know, part of my personality. And then obviously my coach, you know, in high school nurtured it well. Mm-hmm. But I, I always like to pick up little knacks, you know, like I like I like card magic. I like uh, hip hop dancing. I like Guitar <laughs> Hero, like like things that like things that are relatively like, you know, I played like Pokemon cards and I would like every weekend I would go to like tournaments and like I would build these decks and I would like scout opponents and I would know, you know, like. <laughs> So it's like, like you were scouting Pokemon tournaments. Exactly. So like, so I was, I always liked, I was like, I always liked doing like little knacky things that like, like, like with, with, and I would like to perfect things, and um, and I would like to get good at things that you know not a lot of people are good at. So, um, so obviously wrestling fits the fits the mold in the fact that there's so many different ways to be good at it. You know, the technical, the technical pull of wrestling is kind of endless, and so. You know that kind of gripped me, and you know I got I got real into I got real into videos. I got real into you know watching certain guys wrestle, and I try to emulate their movements, and it just became something. It became something like uh you know something to master, and so that kind of gripped me. But then just nurturing that with the discomfort, because obviously, you know it's not when you're trying to perfect Guitar Hero, you're you're you know, it's not quite the same as you're trying to perfect, trying to, trying to perfect wrestling, you know, so. One's a um, lot, lot less painful than the other. Exactly. Yeah. So, so embracing the, you know, the art of mastery along with, 
you know, surviving the, the discomfort was something that, you know, I picked up in high school at a pretty early age. Yeah, that embracing the art of mastery. I really like that phrase. So, um, when you, so you came out of high school and ended up at Kearney, um, and you, you are a two time national champion there. And I read, you know, you helped your team win the team title by winning, you know, obviously on a lesser scale, but almost like what Snyder did this year where you won your match, won the team title. So, um, you know, tell me about your coach there. It seems like your learning curve probably continued to be really steep because you started so late. And tell me a little bit about your battles with Les Sigmund there from right down the road at Omaha. Yeah, my coach, Mark Bauer, you know, still still keep in touch with him quite a bit. He's, you know, a great guy, great leader. And so, you know, I owe a lot to him. He gave me, you know, a good base and opportunity to like, um, to learn, to flourish. So one of the things, the benefits of being a D2 guy was, you know, I was on no one's radar as an immediate threat. So a lot of division one programs would let me come train with them. And so, you know, I got a lot of different training in the summers. And he, uh, you, and he encouraged you to do that, to go to different yeah, schools. Exactly. He encouraged me to do that. He encouraged me to, you know, and I would always bring back new techniques and it would be, uh, it, it was really fun for me. And, you know, he, he you know, he obviously, the, the team and stuff reaped the benefits of that too. So it was really cool. And we've set a really tight, tight team. Um, but yeah, college was a lot of fun. Like you said, my learning curve was high just because I was still soaking every little bit in. I mean, Every year I, I changed my style. It was like I changed my stance. I changed the kind of shots I shot. You know, I was still, I was still trying to learn myself. So, uh, it was one of those things where, you know, usually that happens in little kids wrestling, uh, yeah. where I was doing it in college where, you know, <laughs> one year I was, one year I was elbow pull high crotch guy. Next year I was sweep single guy. Next year I was, you know, I was, I was faking like touch your nose guy. Next year I was hand, <laughs> next year I was hand fight and go behind guy, you know, so. Uh, I went through a lot of like different kind of phases, but it actually helped me because I just, it, it, it widened my understanding of positions. So even if I didn't do them on a consistent basis, there was a time in my life where, you know, I really understood a position well. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it just, it helped me, especially now as a coach, you know, I just understand a lot of different positions. So it's, um, and, and as far as the battles with Les Sigmund, I mean, yeah, I mean, my first two years were his last two years, and, you know, he, he beat me up pretty good in college. I mean, I was always, you know, there, we had a couple close ones, like, toward the end when I started to close the gap a little bit, but I think he beat me nine times. I never beat him in college, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he was, yeah, because, I mean, we were right down the street. We we, we, we dueled. We dueled at national duels. We, uh, we, 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 yeah. yeah, we wrestled in each other's open, so it's like, like, in two years, I wrestled him nine times in competition, so it was, um. Yeah, it wasn't much of a rivalry because I never, you know, could beat him. But, but yeah, I was. Um, I mean, he was really good. He was really good, and and I was still, you know, I mean, that was my that was my third and fourth year wrestling. So, right for uh, you know, so it was just it was just really it was high level wrestling that I couldn't, you know, you know, I just I wasn't comprehending it at that level at that moment, you know. Well, you're like you said, you're figuring things out that a lot of kids figure out and. Anywhere from, you know, the first through sixth, seventh grade, depending on when they start. And you're figuring it out when you're 19 or 20. A couple of things that are, that are interesting. As far as Sigmund goes, to me, as a guy watching you guys wrestle, that was, and, you know, not so much the overlap of your guys' matches, but just that there were these two Division One level good guys at the same weight, you know, for consecutive years there, for like his last two years and then your last two years. 
you guys were arguably as good as anybody in the country. I know you wrestled in the NWCA All-Star Meet. I mean, that had to be cool to represent, you know, Carney and you and him together representing Division Two wrestling and Nebraska wrestling. So, I mean, uh, how, how did that – I don't know if that's a weird question, but how did that feel to be a part of that? I mean, it was cool. You know, obviously, I went to Division Two route, and so as when you're in Division Two, you know – you you kind of get labeled in this like second cat class category, but I mean, like I said, I was young in wrestling, so I just always wanted to like see what I had, you know. So I wanted to wrestle these D one guys. I wanted to go to Midlands. I wanted to see what I had, and so you know, I kind of I was able to compete, and so was he. And I mean, obviously, it was. I mean, we we wrestled each other in the finals in Olympic team trials for you know the London team, right? You know, two, two division two guys, you know. Yeah. So we definitely, yeah. I mean, I feel like we both made a name for the division two. You know, you know, uh, like kind of. I mean, obviously the heavyweight class, but just just the division in general. No doubt, uh, and it's it, it, it's nice. I mean, obviously you you always want to be a part of of trend setting, so it's always nice. But you know, as it was happening, I didn't think too much about it. But you know, looking back, it's really cool. Yeah, and I, I got to give a shout out to Mark Bauer because his mindset of letting you go to other schools. I think you see that a lot at a younger level, you know, where like your high school coach would be like, yeah, go train with, you know, the Fargo team or, you know, if it's a Ohio high school, they go, yeah, go train at Ohio State or, you know, that kind of thing. But a lot of times college coaches are really uh, less receptive to that. And I think that's awfully cool that he let you, you know, not only let you, but encourage you to go to other schools and, uh, and, you know, pick the brains of those guys. And then obviously, like you said, transition that knowledge back and, and benefit the whole program. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, he knew what he was doing. You know, he was, he was, a uh, he was very calculated. He's a very smart guy, very intelligent guy. So, um, you know, he, he, and he didn't have a big ego. I mean, obviously every man has pride, but he did a good job of, you know, leading with, with, with no ego. So, you know, I really appreciated him because yeah, I mean, I, you know, I learned a lot from different places, but it was always, you know, with his blessing. And, and, and then we would kind of, I would bring it back and he would kind of figure out ways, you know, on a corporate level to integrate it into the program. Yeah. Um, and it would just work out really well. Yeah. And he's indirectly responsible for all that stuff you learn just by encouraging you to go and probably, you know, using his relationships to set, you know, some of those training opportunities for you up. So yeah, that's really cool. So, you know, a lot of guys at the D2 levels, or, or let me, not a lot of guys from D2 go on to compete nationally and internationally. So, when you got done at Kearney, what, what, what was the process? Where did you go? You know, who did you train with? You know, and kind of walk me through, you know, who was helpful to you in that process. Yeah, well, the initial guy, I mean, um, I remember in 2006, I went to a small tournament in um, Iowa, and I went through um, this, I think it was like a Cedar Falls qualifier for the trials. I didn't go to like really qualify for the trials. I was just like, oh, I want to wrestle freestyle. And uh, it was in Cedar Falls, and I wrestled, I actually wrestled Sigmund, and he beat me there. Okay. Um, and I, stick, I stuck around for a couple of days because one of my buddies knew uh, Moza Fay, who was wrestling for Northern Iowa at the time. Yeah. And so me and him kind of stuck around with Moza for a couple of days, and he's like, hey, you want to come train with Tolly Thompson? And Tolly Thompson was a world team member at the time. Right. And so, so I trained with Tolly for about two, three days. And, you know, he, he said he enjoyed working out with me. So he invited me to be one of his training partners at the Olympic Training Center for like the world team camps. Okay. And so I went out to Colorado for like two weeks. And, I, you know, I trained with Damian Hahn. I trained with Daniel Cormier. I trained with, you know, all these guys that were like legends in, in the sport. 
and you know, kind of our celebrities at the time, they were training for the world championships and and I you know, and that's the first time where I was like, I can do this. I mean I remember wrestling I remember wrestling um then uh Damian Hahn in a match and you know, I took him down a couple times and he front headlocked me once and he ended up beating me like three to three. Right. And and I remember thinking like I can do this, you know? Yeah. Like, this is something I want to do. And so that was something for me that was like, you know, that's kind of the turning point. So, and then I met Tommy Rollins and came to Ohio State, you know, during the summer of the next year. So, um, probably the two biggest influences in getting me going were uh, Tolly Thompson and uh, Tommy Rollins. So Tommy Rollins is the is the reason why you ended up at Ohio State. Is is that what you're saying? Because that yep. was always something I wondered, like. You know how a guy from Carney ends up at Ohio State. So was it a, a similar situation to with Tali, where he enjoyed training with you, or, or you know how did how did that come about, where he invited you out there to Columbus? Yeah, that's what I mean. I I worked out with them at they, were they back then they used to do Fargo uh, training camps for the world team at yeah. Fargo because everyone was on staff. Right. Some college and so I uh, I really. You know, I went out there. I went, you know, I integrated in one of those practices, worked out with Tommy. He said he invited me out. Mm-hmm. And it worked out really well. And so, yeah, I just kind of developed that relationship. And then my first year out of college, I went to Northern Iowa, trained there. Um, and then Tolly had retired and stuff. So that next year, Tommy said that, you know, the RTC had, had uh, you know, raised enough money for another spot and they wanted me to go. So that's kind of how I ended up at Ohio. Wow, well, um, good for you, good for Tom Ryan and all those other guys you're helping out now. I guess they have, they, they owe a debt of gratitude to Tommy as well. So, um, you know, so, you know, doing the, all the research and three world bronze medals, U.S. Open and world team trial champion multiple times, fifth at the Olympics, you know, obviously had a great career. What are some of your best memories of your time as a competitor? Um, I mean, mostly, I mean, it's, 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 it's the cheesy stuff, right? It's, I mean, it's just the time, you know, just the struggles you, you overcame. Um, you know, obviously there's some wrestling stuff that, you know, there's matches, certain matches that stick out in my mind, but for the most part, it's the relationships and, you know, everyone that I know now because of the sport, all the opportunities and stuff. I mean, it's just been really cool. It's just been really cool to, I mean, it's a very, it's a very unique sport. You know, I feel like it, it gives you a lot back. Right. And, uh, you know, it's given me a lot. I mean, it's just given me a career. It's given me a lot of friendships. So it's, uh, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, I reflect on. Yeah. I think most of the guys I talk to and even, you know, my, you know, my career in coaching and wrestling, like you don't really remember so many matches. You just remember like people that were there for you when you struggled and there for you that helped you, you know, get to your, your goals and, you know, just in, in coaching, especially like kids that, you know, made a difference in your life as much as you made a difference in theirs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, obviously at Rio you were injured and, you know, made it to the semis in spite of that injury. So, and then obviously chose to retire after that. How did that, how did the injury impact your decision to retire and and how much do you miss competing? Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, the injury was the reason I retired. I mean, it just, it didn't happen at Rio. It happened at the trials you know, years, before the trials, right? Well, yeah, years before. I mean, it happened January of 15. I mean, I had to pull out of the 2015 worlds because of this injury. And then I tried to come back, but just didn't rehab it that well. And 
uh, was, you know, had to push too fa- too hard too fast. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, I was able to do what I did, but nothing more. And I kind of, it just became miserable, you know. I mean, it stopped being fun. Yeah. At some point, you know, your body just can't hold up to what it has to do. And so it was time to go. So for me, it was, the injury was, I mean, I still love wrestling. But right. uh, as far as missing competing, not that much because the last two years, I just remember how uncomfortable it was and how much everything hurt. So once my back gets, I mean, I'm still dealing with some back stuff. So once my back gets better, mm-hmm. I think that I might miss it. But right now I, I miss the art of wrestling. I miss wrestling and practice and working out, but I do not miss competing quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's interesting. And it, it makes sense, you know, that because it was so painful, you know, the memories aren't that great. But like you said, I mean, it seems like you see, you see the user word, the art, you see the, the vision, you see the poetry of the sport and then not be able to just, you know, get on the mat and roll around with guys and kind of, you know, paint that picture and, and write your own poetry. I could see how that could be frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So I had Jay Jaggers on the show, uh, several months ago and, um, he said, he called you in a wrestling encyclopedia. He said mm-hmm. that you never forget anything and you always have an answer to, any question that he or any of the guys have on the, on the team. And, uh, you know, I, I was, I, I write down a few questions so I don't forget what I want to ask you, but this, that question, the question I'm going to ask you is even more relevant now, understanding your career that you didn't start till, till, you know, the middle of high school. How are you able to develop your mind that way? And how do you still stay sh- so sharp mentally with, with all that stuff? I mean, I don't know if any, if much of it was developing. I mean, I just think people have a natural knack for certain things. I think I have a good memory. I think I was, I've always had a good memory. Um, and I guess the way I just, you know, my worldview, the way I just, you know, lived life in my head, everyone, everyone has a unique way of interpreting life. And so I just feel like the way that I, I don't know, I plug things into my head pretty systematically. And so it all fits into this giant puzzle. I'm pretty OCD and I'm pretty, uh, I don't know. I might have, I might have a slight case of Asperger's. So, <laughs> okay. So, uh, You're Sheldon so, from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I don't know. It's just things, things, you know, I just, everything is, you know, kind of fits into my head in a certain way, but it's just, yeah, I mean, it, I always try to, you know, figure out, you know, different scenarios and options and things like that. So as far as coaching and wrestling technique, it's worked well. When, yeah. And you said, you know, you said that you think you have a little bit different worldview and other people I've talked to have said the same thing about you. Like, how do you, what is your, your view of, of, I don't know, the world, like world peace and things like that, but, you know, just life in general and wrestling. And how do you think yours might be a little different than maybe the general public's? Well, um, I, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, I'm, I, I feel like a lot of people, you know, a lot of people use wrestling as, I mean, it's one of those things where people get, I mean, just sports in general, they get, you know, they, they used to pump up and, you know, they like being inspired and, and there's just not, there's just not a reality to, you know, there's, there's, just, there's just not a reality to how they grasp, you know, the issues of motivation and stuff. And so for me, I just try to make everything about, you know, the day to day and life. And, you know, I try to, talk about i mean i I try to get and this is all stuff i try to get myself to do that you know just because i wanted to not right now with with sports you're left with the option of 
you leave, if you, if you accomplish what you wanted to accomplish, then you're allowed to be better than people and act, you know, act cocky. Okay. Um, and, and, and if you didn't, then you're a failure. So good luck, you know? So, so those are really the options you're left with. And, uh, and I just didn't like those options. So I just wanted to, you know, find a way to pour everything I had into something with no regret, um, of result or anything. And so that's where, you know, I just decided to, you know, really focus on the mastery of the sport and try to figure out everything about it. And, um, you know, not, not just try to clump, not try to clump everything into like, oh, if you did this, then you're a failure and not try to categorize all those. So just trying to figure out how to put more of myself out there, put, and then tell guys how to put more of themselves out there. But, um, you know, just trying to figure out how to be a free wrestler because there's so much that goes on that's not talked about um, in the mind of an athlete. You know, everyone, um, honesty has, has become something of a, of a weakness in sport. You know, if you're honest with your emotions, if you're honest, if you say you're nervous, then you're weak. If you say that this guy scares you, then you're weak. If, um, you know, all this stuff that actually is going on in your head, you're not yeah. supposed to say it. You're not supposed to talk about it because, well, you've already lost. But it's like, it's crazy. So... Um, I just try to, you know, for me, it's, you know, we just try to, and for, for our team, we just try to be honest with each other. We try to diagnose real life issues and how to get past it and just how to deal with it, how to not be scared of it, how to not skirt around it, but just honestly work through it and get excited about defeating, you know, hard challenges. Yeah. So you said some things that really I want to ask you about. You know, it's the things I think that are, I don't know where you are right now, coach, but it sounds a little windy, just so you know. Oh, so, sorry. It's okay. So, um, you mentioned being, you know, that most of us, when we're competing, you know, you're nervous, you're scared, there's a, a realistic fear of failure. Um, and one of the questions I was going to ask you, because, you know, I've heard and read that your approach to pressure and how to deal with stress is really unique. So, like when you're in the, you know, getting ready with Kyle Snyder to wrestle Sajalayev, you know, or, you know, with any of these guys in the national finals, any of these kind of things, or just whatever, a big dual meet or a big midterm or final, what, how, what do you think is the most effective way to deal with, with pressure, stress, fear, fear of failure, all those kind of things? Um, I think the, I mean, that's a loaded question. You know, I mean, I could talk for hours about the subject, so. I'll try to, um, no, don't be brief. Cause I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, this is, we don't get, people like us don't get to pick your brain. So this is awesome. Yeah. You know, tell, tell me what you think. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I'll, I'll give, I guess the rundown is, you know, I believe that, I believe that there's a, there's a, there's a set of values that we naturally value as people and everyone's born with them. And, um, and they're not, they're actually fear based. So, so no one had to teach you to want to win. No one had to teach you to want to be better than people. No one had to teach you to want people's approval. No one had to teach you to want a big resume. Um, all those things just kind of come equipped. You know, my two-year-old, you know, when he finishes his plate of food first, he pops his arms up and says, I win. You know, so no one had to teach you winning is better than losing, right? So so um, those things just come intrinsic with human nature. And the problem is all those things that we judge ourselves by are not controllable. So I can't choose to win because otherwise if someone, if someone tells me that, that you, it's your choice, whether you win or lose, then they better not have ever lost anything. Cause that's crazy. Right. You know, yeah, so it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but you know, so, so we, we, we try to take, we, we do so much motivating by 
trying to manipulate uncontrollables. So we, we try to tell, we try to get people so pumped up to win, but that, that, that has no power. Because when I tell you to go win something, there's never been a time in my life where someone said, hey, Travel, go win the Olympics. And I go, oh, okay, that's what I was trying to do. I forgot. You know? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, you, did, that's, you don't need me to tell you that as your coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's right. like, like, you don't have to remind me to go win. Like, I, I, trust me, I, 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 I have been thinking about that every second of every day. <laughs> right. You know? And doing the work required to make that dream possible, right? Exactly. So, so it's not about, you know, we talk about goal setting and write them down, and it's like write down to be a four-time national champion. It's like, no, no, no. That's not the stuff people forget. The stuff people forget are the less sexy things, like, like, like wrestling is fun, and, and self-progress is fun, and, and understanding something, and, and becoming wiser, and all these things in, in, in progress is fun. So, um, so for me, there's another set of values that are less, you know, less glorified, but are under your control, and they, they bring you more freedom. They bring you less stress, and that's things like your effort, your attitude your technical proficiency, just how well you understand your craft. In our case, it's wrestling. Right. Um, your, you know, your honesty, how well you understand your, your own motivation. Um, and all these things uh, kind of tune you into reality. And so, you know, there's a, there's a piece of positive self-talk that people, you know, that I have a little different, different view on. So a lot of people think positive self-talk is say what you want. And it will become true, you know, right? I, I am the best. I am a national champ. I am a world champ. If you speak it, it'll become true, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I just don't think that – I think there's only one person that has the power to do that, and that's God. Agreed. Um, you, Agreed. You know, Agreed. True. There's only, one, there's only one person that can speak and change circumstances, and that's God. We don't, we don't have that power, but we do have the power to change our minds to fit God's reality. And so when I say things like – so positive self-talk to me is, are things like, you know, this road I'm on is very difficult, but I will be excited for the challenge. You know, convincing yourself to not skirt away from challenge, to go for challenge, um, to convince yourself that, listen, no matter what goes through your head, negative, no matter what negative thoughts go through your head, the match is still 0-0. Zero, zero. So at this point, I'm tied with my, with my next opponent. And if I make the right decisions in the match, it doesn't match. It doesn't matter my preparation. It doesn't matter, you know, my belief. It, it doesn't matter any of that because I can still win the match if I make the right decisions in the match. And so just all this understanding of like, we get stressed out, like, oh my goodness, I, you know, like, what if I don't believe I can beat this guy? It's like, I don't know. There's been plenty of people I beat that I didn't believe I was gonna, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and vice versa. There was plenty of people that I knew I was gonna beat that I lost to. Right. So, so, so for me, it's like we put so much Otis on, well, you have to believe you can do, you know, you have to know you're going to do it before you do it. And that's crazy to me. It's like, how do you know you can do something until you do it? That's like, who, yeah. who, who really knows they can be the world champ until they do it? You know, it's like, if, if someone tells me they knew they were going to win, that's a, that's hogwash. They're just lying. Um, so, so for me, it's like, no, not every piece of your soul believe, you know, you were nervous too. Everyone is, you know? So, right. so, so I try to all, everything I preach to these guys is I just try to get them motivated by the only factors that I know will be in place. And that's, you will wrestle, you know? So, so, so 
that being so instead of being like hey in three months you're gonna be a national champ and you're gonna you're gonna you know you're gonna hold your the buckeye flag high and you're gonna have to just picture yourself on the podium with the award picture the crowd you know screaming your name picture you know the the the, the future with you know then you're gonna be on the world podium with the american flag it's like no 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 like i'm with all that, because like for, when you have nothing looming, when you have no tournament coming up, that stuff doesn't stress you. That, that might sound exciting, but the closer it gets, the more you convince someone they already are the champion, the more stressed out they'll be. The more you challenge them to see whether and ask them whether they can be the champion, the more the app there will be to step up and accept the challenge. So super, I, I try it's not super to, interesting. Yeah. So I try not to offer people things that I don't have control over. I never tell people that they're the best. I never, or you know, I never tell them that they're definitely going to win. I never tell them that you know there's no chance they can lose because uh, there's no way I, I don't have control over any of those. But what I do say is, I believe they're really, you know, I believe they're really good at wrestling. I believe they're really good at you know certain positions, and I believe that they make good good choices and. But but I also know that their opponent's going to be good, and so so I challenge them and I ask them like, hey, listen, like that's what I told Kyle, you know, he had been talking about the Saudi Elias match all year long, right? And, and he had and then and then you know, what if it came down to me? What if it came down to me? And so like the the thing that I told him before the finals was, hey Kyle, like you 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 you've told people you wanted this match all year, you told people you wanted these circumstances all year. Well, well, here it is. Do you still want it? You know, and so. I just knew that, you know, in his, his mind, he would step up to that challenge where, you know, I, I didn't want to prep him to be like, Kyle, this is, this is your moment. Don't blow, you know, like this is you, you, you have this. It's, I'm not going to glorify the moment. Like, like, right. oh my goodness, I know you're so excited because 100% any, everyone would get nervous under those circumstances. Yeah. You're, so you're I, making it worse. Yeah. You're making it worse. Yeah. So I, I, so for me, it was like, I wanted to remind him that there once was a time months and months and months ago that he really thought this would be a cool opportunity. And now that it's staring him in the face, Hey, this is a cool opportunity, right? That's the reminder he needed because I mean, you know, I just hear these Olympian stories. Like I remember my first Olympic team, this, this, this track guy at, at orientation stood up there and he said, this is my Olympic journey. Oh, he was a sprinter. And he said, Every day of my life for 20 years, I trained, I dieted, I, I, you know, I was committed to this, I competed, blah, 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 to be an Olympic champion, blah, blah, blah. And then finally, when my race came, I was so nervous that I just wanted it to be over. Yeah. You know, and so, and so for me, it's, that's a lot of us, right? It's like we talk all this game, but it's like when it actually, when the circumstances hit us, we don't want them anymore. Yeah. And so I just do my best to try to remind guys like, hey, three months ago, when you were just when, when when we were just playing in the wrestling room and we were working on technique, like yeah. like this was the scenario we were playing out. Now, just because there's something big on the line doesn't mean it still can't be fun. Like accept this challenge, you know. And everything I do is, is redirected to figure out the wrestling, diagnose the problem, and and you and and figure out a way that something that's under your control can fix this. Because there's no, there's no amount of wanting to win that's going to fix anything. Yeah. Every 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 elite athlete wants to win. That's crazy to say. Well, he wanted it more. No one wanted it more than anyone else. Everyone wants it just as much. It's the person who you know controls the right things, who makes the right 
the right technical decision, who has, who has, you know, who has the training under them to have the right conditioning, who has, you know, developed a good strength base, a technical understanding, um, emotional control, not to get frustrated, not to get beat, beat themselves up. All that stuff plays into the momentary action of, will I win this wrestling match? And then once you win or don't win that wrestling match, then it all starts over for the next one. Yeah, it's a lather, rinse, repeat. It's just it's a constant getting your mindset in the right spot, right? Exactly. Yeah, there's so many things you said there, and I appreciate you not giving me the short version because, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I do. That's literally what I was hoping, you know, to literally understand this because people I've talked to, other people about you that they're like, you got to ask him this stuff. So a couple of things came to mind. First of all, you said, you know, everybody wants to win. And, and but, you know, of course, like if I wrestle you, we both want to win. One of us is going to be wrong. And I always I always tell people like I'm five foot six on a good day and 47 years old. I can want to dunk a basketball as much as I want. And that's just never going to happen. And then, yeah, the second thing you said or not second, but the second thing that I'm thinking of is you said, you know, how can you say you knew you were going to win? You didn't know you were going to win. That's impossible. It's hogwash. I, this is a long time ago, a long, long time ago, but when Roger Bannister ran the first four-minute mile, people thought he would die. People thought literally that that wasn't physically possible. And so, you know, when he if, if he had said, well, I knew I could do it, like you said, that's hogwash. That's just not possible. He didn't know it until he crossed the line and the, the time said 359 point something. For sure. Yeah. And with wrestling, it's like, I mean, we, we just see the athlete for the, for the accolade and the athletes say, you know, it's like, like Jordan Burroughs just came into fruition as, as, as a five-time world champion. Kyle Snyder just came into fruition. It's like, no, but it's like, no matter what we believe about someone mm -hmm. to, to themselves, every man in his own mind is human. Right. You know, so, so it doesn't matter. Like when Jordan Burroughs walks out on the mat, like even me, sometimes I'm like, ah, he'll probably win because he's just so freaking good. But, <laughs> but, but I know that there's, I always have compassion because there's one, there's one man in the arena that knows that today he could lose and that's Jordan Burroughs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and he might and have so more doubts than anybody else in the whole arena. Exactly. Like, because to us, there's no pressure on us. It's like, listen, his double leg always worked. But in his mind, I guarantee the question is circulating that says, what if my double leg doesn't work today? Right. What if, you know? what if my feet feel like they're in cement? How am I going to win these matches? <laughs> exactly. So the, the, the person is always human in their own head. And so, you know, for, like Kyle Snyder deals with the same doubts. Jordan Burroughs deals with the same doubts. All these guys deal with the same doubts. They just, you know, sometimes they do a good job. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're, they're so talented that they win anyway. Sometimes they don't. You know, so, I mean, I just – I believe I do believe talent exists. I believe that there are people oh, of that, course. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, I believe that there are people that can do everything motivationally incorrect, but still win just because they're so much faster and stronger than people. So, but when you start talking about the tippy top of the level where, where talent starts to close the gap, now we're, we're talking, you know, where the emotions and the mentalities and the motivations really matter on the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And, and, and one of the other things, when you were explaining how you you deal with stress and pressure as an athlete and as coaches, really you talked about the factors in place. I wrote that down. But to me, if I had to summarize it, and it wouldn't sound nearly as well as what you said, but basically it's control your controllables and focus on your controllables and focus on the fun part of the controllables. So, like, I can diet correctly. I can't – and eating healthy is fun. You know, if I 
you know, and I can, you know, cut my weight correctly and I can show up to practice with a good attitude and I can be open to learning to net learning new techniques. And like you said, you know, Hey coach, I was play wrestling with you in December. Now it's March. And I, I don't know whether to pee or poop or run out of the arena. And you're like, no, no, it's the same thing as March as in March as it was in December. Now we just get to do what we were playing around for. But it, it seems like if you control everything that you can, then you kind of relieve the pressure on yourself when the big moment comes. Is that, is that summary somewhat accurate in how you guys look at it? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the thing that I, you know, left off that, that is a huge, huge piece of it is you always want to communicate how difficult that message actually is to do, you know, cause it's, cause I think that's one thing that every athlete appreciates is, you know, cause, cause I mean, everyone says, Hey, don't worry about winning and losing, go have some fun. But that, that, almost, <laughs> that's the, not the realistic next, either. <laughs> you know, but the, the next, the next natural thought in a kid's head is, how the heck do I do that? Right. You know? Yeah. So, so I feel like, like when, when you talk about controlling the controllables and you talk about, you know, keeping it in the realm of, you know, just, just create the wrestling, create the wrestling, you know, wrestle this position. Cause in theory, if you, if you wrestle every position correctly, you know, the right pressure in the right direction at the right time, in theory, you should win that match. Now, now we know a lot of stuff goes on, but it's like broken down to the finite level. Wrestling is is your pressure going in the right direction at the right time, in, in the right way, right? So it's and 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 in, in, in the right application. So if you fit those parameters, that's now you start adding stressors and circumstances and conditionings and and you know lifestyles and all that stuff. So there's definitely a lot of stuff that murky the water. But I just try to, you know, dumb it down to the most finite, but also remind all these guys that what I'm asking you to do is not easy. Because I think that there's, there's, there's two doors to pride. The front door to pride create, you know, elicits fear. And that's when you tell a guy, you are definitely, I promise you, you're going to win. You are the best. When you try to, when you try to inflate a man's pride, it actually does the opposite. Yeah. It actually scares, it actually it makes scares, him nervous and terrifies makes, him. Yeah. It, it, it terrifies him. But when you come to the back door of pride, and so this is how you, how you access the back door of pride. That's, you say something like this. Hey, um, I know you're really good, but so is that guy. And, uh, I mean, he's here, he's here to, he's here to beat you. What do you think you got? Like the first thing that goes through my head is like, what do you mean? What do you think I got? Bring him on. Yeah. You know, like, right. Like, yeah. I got my like, elbow yeah. off. I got my low level. I got my cardio. I got my strategy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like when you challenge someone, and ask them if they can, they're much more likely to step up. If you tell someone they definitely will, they're much more likely to be paralyzed with fear. It's, it's, and so, it's brilliant. It's, so I always try to challenge. And even in my own head before my own matches, it was always every time I was like, man, I hope this guy falls over and the takedowns are easy. <laughs> I, I, uh, I hope I get a touch fall off a low single. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hope, I hope this guy, I hope this guy had a really bad breakfast and he just doesn't even show up to the match. Right. Uh, yeah. Or for whatever else crazy thought goes in your head. Yeah. All that stuff. It's like, I always try to formulate every fear and every doubt in, in a form of a question to myself. So it's like, okay, so you're afraid that, that, that this guy might beat you and that you will lose the opportunity to be on an Olympic team. Okay, well, here we go. Is What's the score right now? It's 0-0. Zero, zero. 
do you do you want to wrestle or do you just want to win? Well, I, I've been trained to wrestle. I want to wrestle. Um, well, then, do, do you know how to take people down? Yes. Well, how do you do that? Uh, I got a single. I got a double. Okay. Right. So do you think you can execute him on him? Like, well, I'm going to try. Like, do you know how to defend? Well, yeah. Well, what's his best move? Well, it's a single. Okay. Do you know how to defend a single? Yes. Push the head down. Grab right. his hamstring. You know, so, right. so I always try to create the, 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 the conversation in my mind as to a series of questions that challenge me, but also remind me that you have the answers. I did it. Yes, exactly. You didn't come here to win just to win because if you only wanted to win, go wrestle high school kids. Uh, I'll I'll never lose. Right. You know? Yeah. But, but this is to see who's better at wrestling. And if he's, if he's better than me, I signed up for that. I signed up to see who's the best. If he's better wrestling, if he's a better wrestler than me, then he, he should beat me. But as of right now, the score is zero zero, and I think I can be better. So go out and see who's better. Yeah, it's awesome, and it's it's just your your generosity and your your mental generosity. It it leads to a story that I heard that when you guys dueled Missouri, I guess back in November. I know you're friends with Jaden from being on the Olympic team together, and that after he wrestled Colin Moore, and for people that don't know, he won the match, but Moore got two takedowns on him, I think, in the third period. And if you've ever listened to me or Andy Hamilton talk, I'm a huge Colin Moore fan. Um, but that you more or less talked to Jaden after the match and said, you know, that he was better than that performance. And to me, that's incredible that you can help a guy from one program while maintaining your loyalty and integrity to your guy. So, you know, tell me if I have that story right and tell me a little bit about what you were thinking in that situation. Yeah, well, I had watched him. He had a close match with the Virginia Tech kid in his duel. And um, I had worried because I just watched him at the Olympics, and I just uh, – he opened up, and it was such a, like, his bronze medal match. The wrestling that he produced in that match was, like, inspiring. It was Yeah, so, it was he, amazing he to fought, watch. Yeah, yeah. He fought so hard, and it was, like, incredible. And so to watch – and I just knew – I knew because he had, he had been reserved for a couple years, you know, and so I knew coming back to college, different circumstances. You know, sometimes sometimes – the natural circumstances of a situation take pressure off you, right? So it's like, if you're the returning national champ, you better win. But if you're just that guy who, oh, he's, he's a first time team member. Let's see what he can do. You're naturally yeah. less stressed out. He was the eight or nine seed and made it, you know, almost like what Gilman did, barely, exactly. barely getting out of the last chance qualifier. There's a lot less stress on him than maybe Burroughs or Snyder, right? Exactly. And so I just know that. You can be, you can use both to, mo- you can, you can motivate your way through both. It's just different. It's just different. And one, one you have to do for yourself and the other one is kind of done for you. And so I kind of, I kind of noticed this trend of him, you know, very being very, very reserved in college. Right. Because, because of that expectation. Mm-hmm. And so what I told him, I mean, I was very proud of Colin and I still, like I said, I want, I want Colin. I think Colin's going to be awesome. I think he has so many tools and so many intangibles. Right. When I watch him wrestle, it's like, man, this, he's got stuff that people, you just can't teach people. Right. And he's, he's really special. But I just remember thinking, as far as Jaden was concerned, it's like, because for me, yeah, yeah, I want our guys to win. But, but more than any, you know, like, and, and I'll take, listen, if, if a guy slips on a banana peel, we're going to jump on top of him. And pin him, right. You know, <laughs> so, so we're not, we're not going to excuse mistakes. We're not going to excuse bad performances on other people's behalf. We're going to, we're going to wrestle. But what I, what I want more than that is for our guys to be better wrestlers than the other guys. And so when, 
and I and, and I'm friends with Jaden, so I just I just knew that wasn't all of it. And so that's what I told him. I go like, listen, like why? What are you? You know, like like I've seen I've seen your best, and you're you're not accessing it. You know, so it's like I just I, like I want listen. Like I'm still going to coach Colin to try to beat you, and it's no hard feelings, right? It's you know, that's, yeah, sure. It's it's, it's what you know, you're supposed I, to do. I, it's what you're paid exactly, to do. You can, you can have <laughs> both. You can you can be friends with people and, and coach one against you know it's like it's on the mat just like a competitor you you want to win and then off the mat it's over but but I want I want when Colin I want Colin to you know be better and so I want you know I want Jaden's best out there and 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 not only that but I've just you know watching it and you know being inspired by his performance at the Olympics and then watching him hold himself back because of stress and all this stuff was just. It just, I, I didn't like, I don't, I don't want to see it happen to anyone. Sure. And so, so I just remember, you know, and, and just, you know, he, he's a, he's a fun guy to talk to and he's pretty, you know, he's pretty well thought out. So I knew that, you know, he wouldn't get offended by anything that I said. You know, I just told him, I was like, Hey, Jaden, man, like, you know, like, like, what, like, what's like, why, why, why aren't you wrestling like you? Like, what, what is it? What are people putting on you? that you are that you're carrying at the moment that's just making you wrestle this held back well, yeah and and you can keep those answers you know I, I don't that's obviously a private conversation but i think one of the things you said and your 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 choice of wording is is very good and you can tell it's intentional like a lot of people i would hear i've heard a lot of coaches say hey you know Tervell, you know, i've seen you wrestle and um you know i've seen your best and that last match wasn't it and instead you say, hey, I saw your last match, David, and I've seen your best, and you're not accessing that right now. Like, it's it's like, you know, you can just go get it. You just need to do it. It, it comes off much more positive than, hey, that you just, you're not wrestling good right now. So, yeah. I mean, it's I can tell that's thought out. I mean, my mom's a communications teacher, so I pay attention uh-huh. to stuff like that. And, and it's, it's really, uh, it's really interesting. Uh, I, I want to jump over to your to the college team because you guys got a, a team on paper that looks amazing. I mean, I'm just going to blow through it real quick. Tomasello, Pletcher, McKenna, Hayes, Micah Jordan, Campbell, Bo Jordan, Miles Martin, Colin Moore, and then you got that heavyweight that isn't too bad either, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so how excited are you guys about the team and the season and about having the Nationals in Cleveland this year? Uh, we're really excited. I mean, I think it's going to be one of those years where, you have so many, you know, awesome guys on your team that it's like there's not a there's not a mat, you know there's not a dual meet there's not a tournament there's not a there's not a weight class that you really aren't excited to see what they got you know so that so every every and in every dual meet you know every team has at least you know one or two good guys so you know chances are there will be a marquee matchup everywhere we go sure you know because one of our studs will run into someone else's studs I mean. We have seven, seven All-Americans on our team and three other guys that will be, you know, Awfully we good. believe we <laughs> believe they can, they can be All-Americans, but even right now we'll probably be ranked. I mean, our lowest-ranked guy will probably be like a 12. Like, oh, man, you're ranked 12th in the country. Dude, you're stinky, you know, like no, no, joking I mean, around. I do the like, rankings for track, and that's exactly what I was thinking, that, yeah, Campbell and Hayes will be your lowest-ranked guys coming in, and Keyshawn's exactly. a Missouri guy, so I know how good he is. Yeah, exactly. So they're both. I mean, they're both awesome. Every, the whole team's awesome. So it's just one of those things where, I mean, they're they're very low maintenance. You know, at this point, it's at least the, the wrestling. I mean, they're still college kids, so you know, there's you know, you have your stuff to deal with. But I mean, when the guys are this good and, and things are clicking and they're this close, 
yeah. with each other and they're such a tight-knit team, it's like it becomes pretty low maintenance. <laughs> and you just kind of, as a coach, you sit back and you just kind of become a cheerleader. You know, you're just kind of like, I just want, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to be entertained by them, you know, because yeah. they're going to, they're going to create some good wrestling. You feel like the Cleveland thing might help you guys with some matches, you know, like the crowd and everything there. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, I think just the circumstances in general, I mean, it's going to be close to home. It's going to be light travel. It's going to be a familiar place. So all the things plus, you know, hopefully we feed off the crowd, but I mean, like we said, we, we try not to, I believe that, you know, you give power to a certain situation you know, good or bad, you can't block out the bad and let the good in necessarily. So, you know, we teach our guys to not be affected by negative crowds. So, uh, you know, with that comes, don't be affected by positive crowds, you know? So I just think you're either affected by your surroundings or you're not. It's, it's very hard to differentiate like, Ooh, draw off the negative, draw off the positive right. energy, block out the negative. So just like, you know, people's approval, I think that, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to block your haters off, then you better not be scouring the message boards for people that love you. <laughs> right. You know, you either care what they say, good or bad, or, or you, you don't, don't care what yeah. they say, good or bad. So right. we kind of teach our guys to like, hey, don't worry about, you know, don't worry about anything that's going on. Um, you know, let the aftermath be the aftermath. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, again, it goes back to controlling your controllables. So let's talk about um, the world championships that just happened. Tell me first, you know, Logan Stieber. You, you know, won it a year ago, had a brutal draw this year, you know, wrestled pretty well, just, you know, didn't get on the podium. What, how would you describe his performance and what things do you think he needs to improve on to get back on the podium? Um, I think Logan, I mean, I think Logan's awesome wrestler. I think that, you know, like, like, just like anything, and, and this is a frustrating thing about sports and coaching. I mean, one of the biggest, one of my biggest fears as a coach is for a kid to have a performance that's, you know, bad, and for people to, like, you know, write them off so much that that they just, they, they, they write themselves off, you know? So it's like, 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 my biggest fear as a coach is not knowing what to say. Like, what if, what if he, what if he suffers something, what if he suffers such a disappointment and I don't say the right thing? Because at the end of the day, for me, I will always believe in Logan Stieber. I'll always love Logan Stieber. I'll always, you know, cherish my relationship with Logan Sieber as a coach and a friend and winning and losing will not change that. Right. But it will, but the problem is it will change Logan standing in the world. Sure. You know, so, so people that, don't jump on and off the bandwagon awfully quick. Exactly. Yeah. So quickly to make you a hero and then so quickly to tell you that you need to be replaced. And so, you know, my biggest message to him was, you know, and, and, and will be is like you one one bad day, on a trajectory that's that's looking really good that shouldn't deter you you know like for if you're wrestling for the right reasons if you're you know if, if you enjoy this stuff if you really want to see how good you are it's like listen you ran into some guys that were more prepared than you and and not even more prepared i should say because logan was prepared um just more more focused in that moment you know i mean he that first russian came out knocked out a couple takedowns and you know Lo logan sometimes has slow starts and you know there's you know a couple different things that he can adjust, but for the most part, it's like, man, he, you know, he, he just, he, he wasn't clicking that day and he just never found it, you know? Yeah, he seemed, so, he seemed a little bit out of his rhythm. I mean, I don't know anything about him in comparison to you, but that's kind of what it seemed like. Yeah, and so not, it's, it, it's, re it really stinks when that happens on the day you need to go. Right. But, 
you know, very rarely do I see him in that, in that way, you know? And so I just think that he's, he's going to be fine. He, he handles this stuff pretty, pretty maturely. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some technical, some mental, um, you know, and just, just some physical adjustments we're going to make, but for the most part, it's going to be like, remember this, that doesn't, that performance doesn't define you as a wrestler, you know? I mean, and, you, and even less so as a person, right? Like, you know, well, yeah. and you got to remind I mean, those guys of that, too, if they get in the funk, right? Exactly. And, I mean, that's, yeah, that, that's one thing that you, you know, everything, every circumstance, as, as a competitor, it seems that you, you get so, you get, you magnify everything so much that it, it almost seems like every circumstance that happens to you um, is kind of, you know, projected onto the rest of your life. So it's like, if I lose today, I will lose forever. If I, if I, if I perform bad today, I will, I will be a bad performer forever. If, um, if I don't please the crowd today, I will never be able to please a crowd ever. You know, it's like you project these, these, yeah. these, these lies, you project these <laughs> lies yeah. onto your whole life just because of something that happened today. And yeah. so it's that, those, we all, go ahead. I'm sorry. We all do it. Yeah. Uh, we just, we all do it in all, 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 facets of life right we just it's just hard not to but um that's one thing that you know i feel like as a coach you got to remind these guys because for for the people on the outside looking in it's so easy to detach like we won the you know it was so epic we won the, t- the team title the usa won the team title right and it was so awesome and kyle snyder you know and 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 all these got six medals and the usa and rah rah and i'm kind of already over it you know so it's like <laughs> really like, like like people people move I'm telling you, people move on quickly. So, like, I guess for for the individual athlete, it sticks around for a little bit. But even them, it's like, why did Kyle Snyder want to wrestle at this World Championships? He already won one. He already won the Olympics. Right. Well, you know what's you know what's better than two gold medals? Three gold medals. Right. Well, why did why did Jordan Burroughs keep wrestling? Because you know what's better than four gold medals? Five gold medals. Right. It's just it's it never ends. And so, I just want to tell these guys like, you you you're passionate about something. Because you love it and, and you find your contentment in your passion, not your circumstances. Because if you're looking for contentment in circumstances, you will never, ever, ever be content with anything. But right. if you find contentment in being passionate about something, then every day can be fun. Every day you can, you can experience a sense of contentment. Because if you just want, if you like wrestling because you like wrestling, then guess what you get to do every day? Wrestle. But if yeah. <laughs> you if you only if you only like wrestling when when you're, you're winning, winning yeah. then you only get to like wrestling yeah once a, once a year at the worlds right right so that means if that's the case and Logan Sieber hates coming to practice today right <laughs> exactly you know right and he shouldn't you know I mean that's what he you're shouldn't. saying yeah and it's yeah it's yeah control your controllables you know shut out the white noise all those kind of things so yeah. when I interviewed Jaggers I asked him what made Kyle Snyder special. And he said several things, but one of the things that stuck out to me was he said he trained so hard. He said when they first, you guys first had him in the room, he trained so hard, you guys were actually worried he was going to pass out a couple times. So obviously, you know, you're, you were on the Olympic team with him. You're really close to him. In your mind, what, what makes him, there's a ton of guys with talent. There's a ton of guys that are smart. There's a ton of guys that have heart. There's a ton of guys that have, you know, a combination of all of those. What in your mind makes him so next level 
good? Um, I just think, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, I mean, yeah, he, he's able to push so hard, you know, and even when he is tired, because it's not that he doesn't get tired. He can just push so hard when he is tired. He can, you know, he, he, um, he can, he, he's a learner, you know, like he, he, he figures things out. He, he shuts things down. He, he learns, he evolves quickly. But honestly, the biggest thing about him is his mind. He's able to, He's able to everything we've talked about, everything we talk about, everything I talk about with him, every every um all the wisdom that I've compiled through my own career, through my own understanding, um, that I kind of put into this philosophy. Because my last couple of years I started just kind of compiling this philosophy of how to free yourself up to be a, a you know, a free wrestler and get a hundred percent out of yourself. And I experienced this. Well, I, I my body got to the point where I couldn't keep up with the philosophy. You know, I just couldn't. And so so I started to project these things on all these guys. And Kyle was one of the guys that kind of became addicted to it. He just, he wanted to see what he had. And so one of the most special things about him is his mind. I mean, for me, it's it's just, he, he, everything we talk about verbally, uh-huh. he's able to portray. He's able to portray in his matches. I mean, he he takes risks when he doesn't need to. He, um, when, when some people might even say a risk is stupid because he wants to see himself go even more. He, um, he does, he, he lets himself, like he, he does, he, he brainwashes himself to convince himself he's excited about nervous situations. He, um, he, he, you know, he, he focuses on control. He, he, he fights for all these, you know, he fights to, to be in, to take all his thoughts captive. Uh-huh. And it's and all these all these all these quote unquote theories that that were running through my mind that I was kind of you know project as, as when we, me and him were kind of diagnosing them together as we were trying to figure this stuff out. He's been able to put them into practice, and that's something you know the talk about it. You know, don't talk about it, be about it. Notion like right. I think that's one of the most special things about him is he's willing to push himself past past these these parameters of oh this can you know if you achieve this level that's enough because that's all people will see he's pushing himself past parameters that people aren't even seeing in his mind he's pushing himself to such discomforts to try to figure out how good he can really be and that's what's really special about him he seems like you know he's almost like a a great disciple of your philosophy that you do your best. You control what you can control. You certainly aren't happy if you lose. But if Sajalayev was one point better that day, not that he'd be happy with it or even at peace with it, but it's not going to let it, like you said, it's one day out of his life, and he's going to come back and train the next day either way. I mean, at least that's, exactly. that's how he seems from the outside. Is that how he looks at it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I mean, yeah, that's what he's he's really taken to – you know, the truth of what we preach and he, you know, it's, 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 it's made him, it's made him, you know, into this very mentally tough individual. You know, he's always had the mental toughness to push himself hard. Right. But when he came to college, he didn't have the mental toughness to, to, to let himself off the hook, you know, and that's, different. Himself, and that's different yeah. from just pushing yourself hard. Right. Very, and it is very different. Yeah. It is very different. And so there are a lot of sides of mental toughness that we miss. You know, there's a mental toughness to, to not beating yourself up. There's a mental toughness to, 
to not obsessing, to, to not linking certain things to other things. You know, like one of the things that, 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 you know, I joked about at the beginning was with him, he's the kind of guy that's so obsessive that like, he's, he's the guy that like, you know, you'll tell him like, Hey, if you, if you drink this, you know, 32 ounce bottle of water in less than 10 seconds, you'll win the nationals and he'll, he'll give it a crack, you know? <laughs> and he was, cause he just had that obsessive obsession about him that said like, well, you know, you just got to do whatever. You got to cover all your bases. Right. Whatever. Well, you know, just in case this water actually does help me win the nationals. It's like, well, it doesn't. So I would, <laughs> so for me, I just remember for like my, his first year, I would always test them and try to basically detach things that really had power and things that didn't have power, you know, cause I, I cause I would take things that I just knew he couldn't do and I would link them to things he really wanted. So I'm really good at sitting in the cold tub and he would come sit in the cold tub with me. And I would say, and I would say things like, if, if you stay in here longer than me, you'll win the nationals, you know? Yeah. And I just knew, and I just knew he couldn't. And so like, it would like, you know, it would stress him out, but eventually the message was like, do you really think the fact that you left the cold tub before me <laughs> hurts your chances? You know? Right. And so, so it became one of these things where now he's in a constant state of, self-diagnosis and self, you know, just that mental toughness of like, just, just bouncing everything off the truth that he knows of how to become the best. I, I, yeah. And you know, like people are doing these pound for pound rankings and, you know, obviously wins and losses matter to me. What I see in his style is in, in big, in matches that I don't say don't matter, but don't matter. Like not the world championships, not the Olympics, pretty much almost anything else, you know, not the trials to make it onto the team, but, you know, like a dual need or, you know, the Uregan or something like that. I see him trying new things. And when you try new things, sometimes it's not going to work. And, you know, I see him being, you know, accepting that maybe he might fail in the short term. And that's just part of the process. At least that's my perception of him. You know, it it seems like that he's learned that mentality from guys like you. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe he has. I don't know where exactly. I mean, I, I definitely preach that mentality. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to stand here and, t- and take credit for for Kyle. I don't There's think no you t- are. I don't you know, think you are. Yeah. Kyle Snyder would have figured it out without me. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just glad I was a part of it and just like that I'm friends with him. And so, like, we think very similarly. So I think that, you know, he definitely there was an advantage. You know, like sometimes I think back and I'm like, how come I couldn't have a 31 year old wrestler? you know, mentoring me at 19, you know, why do, why do I have to be the 31 year old? Why couldn't I be the 19 year old? You know, cause, mm-hmm. um, cause you know, like he definitely like, like I'm trying to pour as much wisdom into him as I could, but he definitely, he's, he's a special kid, you know, because it's, it's, it's upon his reflection. Cause I say this to a lot of people and some people just don't take to it. Right. So, it's like coaching so it's anything. Not, you teach a move. Exactly. Not everybody picks it up the same way. Yeah. So he, he's special and he would have figured it out without me. No doubt. But yeah. yeah, he's very much, um, yeah, like you said, he, I mean, he, this is a funny thing that this is a comp, this is a funny compliment that I always give him, but I say he's for being a world Olympic champion, he, he's, he, he gets, he's the, 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 the um, he gets taken down <laughs> in the college room more than any world Olympic champion I know. Well, that I think because, I think that goes to the point that he is trying stuff like we were talking exactly, about. Exactly, because he's, he's experimenting, he's putting he's himself at risk. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's good. It means I'm not crazy when I see that in his style. That yeah. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, he's just he's he's in a because he I mean he just he wants to be a master of wrestling. You know, he don't he doesn't just want to 
want to win everything because um because because like you said like if you just want to win everything once you win once twice it's it, you can only be stressed out or not right you can yeah. you can't really ever get excited about you know like if if you're going for your ninth world title how can you get excited you already have eight gold medals right. you know like how but it, but but if you still haven't mastered wrestling you're 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 able to get excited you know yeah and so so that's why we're he's shooting for mastery of, of wrestling um and and obviously he's hoping for a lot of a lot of gold medals along the way but you know the, i don't think those are the things that are going to define him it seems to me like the gold medals are the result and not the process and you guys focus a ton on the process and you'll let the chips fall where they will on the results and yeah and go ahead and for one of the messages for Kai, you know the Kai, it's like it's tough, but, but, but it's, it's the reality is not everyone's going to win as much as Kyle. You know, like sure. you can, you can, you can work out as much as Kyle. You can, you can listen to me as much as Kyle. You can, you can watch videos as much as Kyle. You can wrestle, you know, and, and, and take risks as much as Kyle. But it just, it doesn't, nothing ever equals winning. So there's, winning is the thing that there, there's something. There's something in the formula that we just can't. Otherwise, if we can, if we knew everything that goes into winning, we would be, we would be able to control it, and we right. would be able to teach people how to win. Right. Yeah. No, it's yeah. Everything you're saying is is so good, Coach. So it's interesting when I do these interviews, I kind of worry if they're going to go long or short. And we've been in an hour, and it feels like it's been ten minutes. So I just I just can't thank you enough. Um, just with your generosity of, of your, you know, a lot of guys come on and they play really close to the vest. And, and for people that don't know, I, I don't know you at all. I've been a fan of yours, but you know, we're not, we're not friends or anything like that. And for you to be so kind with your time and, and generous with your knowledge, I just, I really, really appreciate it. We didn't even get into the Ohio RTC or the new lineup and all that other stuff. So, um, I'm probably going to bug you again, maybe in December after Cliff Keen and see if you'd be willing to come back on the show. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me. This is uh, it's fun for me to talk about this stuff, so I love it. Well, I, I have several friends that listen to the show every week, and they they say they learn something. If they don't learn at least probably five things this week, they're not listening very hard. So, <laughs> thank you so much. Best of luck to uh, you, Coach Jaggers, Coach Ryan, all the guys at uh, Ohio State, and I'll actually be up there in March with the uh, Ohio Border Brawl and covering the Nationals for track. So I look in, I look forward to getting a chance to shake your hand at that time. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the great Turbel Delagnev. This is David Mirkatani with Matt Chat. Thank you for listening. Speak to you all next week. This show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.